2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you're an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9th. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-Leadership-Meetings. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And if your team is like mine and sitting on the sidelines, just do your best and choose your second best team, okay? So now that we have the Super Bowl out of the way, we're starting to think about tomorrow, and tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is very well known for exchanging gifts to somebody you love. And I personally love to give homemade gifts to my sweethearts. Anybody who's in my life gets homemade treats or a little gift that's homemade. And it just to me just means more coming from the heart. I decided tonight I would share with you a simple cookie recipe that we once again, it's an old family favorite. It's called Red Velvet Sandwich Cookies. It's a very simple um, recipe. It calls for, you know, two boxes. And I did say boxes. A red velvet cake. You are also going to need four eggs, two-thirds cup of oil for the main ingredients. Now, for the sandwich part of it, the filling, we will be using... Yes, again, canned frosting, period. I know this kind of shocks some people, but I am going to tell you from my perspective of a grocery store shopper, every ingredient in that grocery store has a purpose. I would prefer red velvet cake fresh, made from scratch, and I would love cream cheese frosting made with the cream cheese and the whole mix and just, you know, homemade deliciousness. But in a case like this, buying shortcut ingredients, it is okay. It is not, um, there's no set law that says, Carrie likes to cook from scratch, so she's always going to do that. I do use shortcuts once in a while, and they are very beneficial to a lot of people. And also for first-time cook people you know, who are baking for the first time, it's less intimidating. It's easier. It kind of gets your feet wet. So with that, we're going to start by the basics. I've already taken the time to go through my pantry and my um, cupboards, and I've got all my ingredients lined up. I prefer to do what they call, you know, the assembly line method. So I started off over here. I put my cookie sheet on the counter, and that's the last thing I'm going to use. And I put, I've lined it with parchment paper. Now, I use parchment paper on every single cookie recipe for several reasons. Um, one, I like the feel that the cookie, when it bakes on a parchment paper. And two, now that I have lost my eyesight, I prefer to use a metal spatula. 
And that metal spatula will scratch the surface of my pans. So that parchment paper just gives that little layer of protection on it, okay? So we have the cookie sheet ready to go. And so everything now is going to be what they call a dump. So we're going to start with the two red velvet cake mixes. Now these come in boxes. When you open the box, it's going to be like a little bag. And you're going to pull that bag out, open that bag, and dump it into your bowl. Okay? So it is um, one of those processes to me that's actually pretty simple. You know, you just open the box top. It's no big deal. And when you pull out that little bag, I pull it out and I open it over the top of the bowl. Because, again, you have a lot of stuff in there. You have all the ingredients that are needed to make this cake mix. So if you open it outside of the box, kind of, you know, over, not, I mean, not over the bowl, you might kind of um, have a little powdery mess. And that's just not something we want to deal with. Okay. Now, I have dumped the cake mix in the bowl and I do separate my my recycle. So the cardboard box that came in comes in one pile and the bag comes in the other. So that's the first one. And that is in the bowl. And now we're opening the second box. And we're going to just, again, sorry for the noise. I apologize for that. And we're going to just dump the second bag in there. Now, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to add the eggs. Eggs are fun to do because I love cracking and smashing things sometimes. You know, it's a good little therapy. So I need four eggs. Now, I have learned over the years, I have attended many baking classes, that when you bake, it is best to always start with room temperature eggs. And the reason for that is, is that when you are baking, everything's at one temperature. And um, it's one of, it's just a simple thing. Some people are, are for it. Some people are against it. You know, go with your own beliefs. You know, give it a try if you've not tried it. It doesn't really affect the flavor. It just really more affects the, the balance of, you know, the temperature. So I have got two eggs already cracked in there. Now I do crack my eggs in a bowl. I use the edge to get me that little um, opening so I can put my finger in there to separate the shells. And there's the fourth one. Okay. So I will always take my bowl that I just put my eggs in, and I will give it a slight whisk. I also do that because once the egg yolks are cracked and it's all mixed together, to me, when you pour it into the mixture, it just makes it easier to, um, to mix into the whole thing, into the whole mix smoother, I guess is what I'm saying. Sorry for the stumbling on that, but I apologize. Now, the next thing we're going to do is add two-thirds cup of oil. So this is, this is a pet peeve of mine. 
Um, when you use liquid ingredients, you use liquid cups. When you use dry ingredients, you use dry ingredients. So what I have is that we, through um, some training with some VR teachers, we have modified my liquid measuring cups so I know where my two-thirds cups are. And what we did is we established bump dumps on the outside for the one-third, one-fourth, two-thirds, and one cup. And on the inside, we used a product similar to puff paint, but it's, um, it's food safe. And we did the same thing on the inside. So I can actually fill my liquid till I feel the dots. And then I pour my liquid in. And that's just exactly what I did with this oil. So now that we've got that done, all we're going to do is mix it real quick. And while I'm mixing, Kayla, are there any questions? Nope, we don't have any questions at this time. Perfect. Now, I did, if you heard just a few minutes ago, you heard my oven. I went ahead and preheated my oven at 350 to get everything up and running and going. Um, sometimes your ovens will take longer to, you know, preheat. So you just kind of want to, you know, be mindful of that when you're baking because you want to have everything ready to go once your cookies or your pastries or your cakes or whatever are ready to be baked. Now, this batter is a stiffer batter. So you got to really make sure that you really get underneath that dough and pull it to the top. So you want all the dry parts of the cake mix thoroughly blended with your eggs and your oil. Hey, this is Courtney. So um, are you mixing with like a fork or whisk thing? Tonight, <laughs> tonight, Courtney, I have the pleasure of doing this with, I'm doing it with a bowl with a fork. Okay. And traditionally, I will use a stand-up KitchenAid mixer, which is my dream tool. I love mm -hmm. that. Yes. Uh, but as, you, as Courtney knows, I had to pack it. So I can't wait to unpack it next weekend <laughs> and find it again. <laughs> But this is a good lesson for me, and it's also for something I can share with you all. You know, life happens, and, you know, if you have to make adjustments, you know, you can still do this stuff, even with a lot of other things going on in your life. So just remember that, you know, it just takes a few minutes to make, you know, something like this. Okay, now this batter is very well mixed. And so at this point, what you're going to do is you're going to put your hand in the dough to make sure that you don't. You know, you, you just want to make sure that all the dry ingredients and the wet ingredients are well married. And from there, you're just going to pinch off your, well, I'm going to show you two methods. The first one's a pinch off method. The pinch is pinch off a little bit, roll it into a, about a one inch ball and place it on your cookie sheet. This, and the second method is I have a melon baller which has, a, it's, it's half round at the top, and it has a long handle, 
but it, at the bottom, it has a squeeze. And when you squeeze it, this little scraper goes inside of the, the half circle and it releases the food from you or the dough in this case. So I use the melon baller, especially in this recipe, to make everything equal and even. And you'll know what I mean when we get to the end, when we start putting the cookies together. You want everything to be the same size. You want everything to have the same width. And so with that, all I do is I take my melon baller into the dough, and then I slide it up on the side of the bowl, knock off the excess. You heard me clicking it. And then I just place it right on the cookie sheet. Now, the spacing of these cookies are very simple. I have a large cookie sheet, and I go three across and four down. Every cookie sheet I use has exactly 12 cookies on there. Again, for this recipe, it's very important that you know how many cookies you're making because you will divide that in half, and that's how many actual sandwich cookies you will have. I've had people make this recipe and say, oh, Carrie, I thought I was going to get four dozen cookies. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You're only going to get 24 cookies on this. So just be mindful, you know, when you're making sandwich cookies, you're, you're, it's double the fun, double the pleasure. And it's also double the cookies. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to continue making these little balls. If anybody has any questions, I'll be more than happy to take them before I pop them in the oven. While we're waiting on raised hands, um, something that I typically do when I'm mixing eggs and oil and whatever my other ingredients are um, to save on dishes because my dishwasher is verbal and he complains sometimes about how many dishes I dirty up. So I will take my eggs and go ahead and crack them in the bowl and put my oil in there and mix those together with a fork, just whisk them up together. Um, and then I will add my, like my cake mix that way I'm not having to, you know, mess up so many dishes and I don't have to listen to the, the, the dishwasher. Um, something, you know, and if I, if I'm making like, uh, cornbread or something and it calls from milk, I'll, I mix all my wet ingredients together first and then add my dry ingredients. Excellent. That is awesome. And I, I mean, I love your dishwasher. Um, I don't have one that speaks. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some hands if you guys are ready for those. Okay, let and me he just. he never breaks down, so there you go. Oh, well, and he we can say work that. The, yeah, well, and he can work when the power's out too, so. Okay, so I just put the cookies in the oven, and so I'm going to set Alexa, set timer for, we're going to go nine minutes. Nine minutes, starting now. By the way, if you need more time. Thank you, Alexa. Oh, she's so helpful sometimes. <laughs> so All right. hand is from area code 703. Hi. Um, is the melon bar coated with something so the dough doesn't stick to it? Well, it is a stainless steel um, uh, utensil. Now, this recipe has enough oil and egg in it that it does not stick. But if you're not comfortable with that, you can actually take some cooking spray and just do a, you know, a quick little spritz into it. 
and you know to keep it from sticking as much. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. And I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch your name. Oh, it's Debbie. Hey, Debbie. Thanks for coming tonight. We appreciate you coming in. Well, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> All right. And who's next? Diana is next. Hello, Diana. Hi. <clears throat> I have a question. I have a the uh, scoop that you're using. I have like old Pampered Chef one, but man, that thing lasts forever. Um, that is like one and a half tablespoons. I know they make them in different sizes, one tablespoon, one and a half, two tablespoons. Do you know the size of the one that you're using? Well, I am a Pampered Chef girl too. So you're in luck tonight. Uh, mine is the one and a half. Oh, great. That's what I have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. It so happened. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, and I'm just going to, you know, while Diane, if I could just take a minute of your time, I like to make a smaller cookie in this recipe only because, again, you're getting two cookies in the end. <laughs> sure. Definitely. That's true. So if you use that larger two or, you know, even that three one, oh. You know, whoever you're giving it that to would is going to go and kill. Yeah, that would, that's that would a little comatose. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. No, thank you. All righty. Your hands are cleared at the time. Okay. Well, so tonight I chose red velvet only because tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And red velvet is typically a chocolate flavored cake. And it is typically with the old-fashioned recipes has a red dye to it. Um, my one from scratch actually calls for an entire bottle of red food coloring. And then you accent it with the dark cocoa. So, you know, I use that because of the red going into Valentine's Day. Now, this recipe is pretty flexible because if you just like just good old-fashioned chocolate, you can do chocolate flavors. You know, you can just do, you know, um, the different types of chocolates, milk chocolate, the dark chocolate, you know, cake mixes, or, you know, even, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the funfetti chocolate stuff. You can also then, as the spring comes along, you know, you can go into lemon. You can do lemon you can do strawberry. I mean, the choices are endless. My only advice is, is whatever you do for the top part of your cookie, you do for the top, you, you, you do both the top and the bottom in the same flavor if you're using the same batter. Now, at Easter, my sisters will do a lemon bottom and a strawberry top, but they will actually make two different batches. So they will buy four cake mixes, eight eggs, and then they will have their oil. So, you know, it's just one of those things where they will split the recipe. One will make strawberry, one will make lemon, and then they'll both bake off, and then they will marry them with the frosting in the end. Um, it's a fun way, you know, to add different flavors, but um, I will tell you that is a lot of work if you're doing it by yourself to make two different batches of this cookie. Do we have any raised hands, Kayla? No, we do not. Um, I was just thinking of the different holidays and all that were coming up. You mentioned Easter. Of course, next month is St. Patty's Day or, um, well, yeah, St. Patty's Day and Mardi Gras. 
So you could put some food coloring in just like your white or yellow cake mix and make colored cookies. Oh, and that would be colored sandwiches. Um, you could do um, some for Mardi Gras, like with the uh, do some purple cookies and yes. some, um, well, some uh, green cookies, and then uh, wait, I'm sorry, Courtney. I gotta. My sous chef is talking to me here. Okay, okay. <laughs> I apologize. Okay, and okay. Um, and then for your filling, you know, you just use the cream cheese filling. And then roll it in some colored sprinkles or edible glitter, um, like the purple and the gold and the green for Mardi Gras, um, or even, you know, like green sprinkles for St. Patrick's Day, or I don't know if they make gold sprinkles or not, but, they you do. know, for the pot of gold. Like, so, mm -hmm. so there's just some ideas um, for Halloween. Use the orange cake mix can't find it you know then just use orange food coloring um trying to think of some others you know do patriotic do red white and blue uh, i think there's actually some um maybe blue velvet i think there's a, i think there's a blue velvet and there's also a blueberry cake now out there so you know make your blue you know Blue velvet cake, um, you know, cookies, do your red velvet cookies, put your cream cheese frosting in the center, and you have patriotic cookies. And then you can, like I said, you can uh, roll the edges of the cream side um, in either edible glitter or sprinkles of the red, white, and blue. Um, so there's some ideas. Well, and some other ideas, especially when we're looking at this red velvet is um, we're going to roll our cookies in different uh, toppings later, but you can actually, you know, even though these are cake mixes, you can still add little mini chocolate chips in there. Or you can even, you know, take some chopped pecans or something like that and put those in the batter. If you like, you know, just a little bit of difference, you know, something that makes your cookies stand out kind of thing. So, you know, you can, don't be scared to add stuff to that cake mix to enhance the flavor or to, you know, make it more, more you. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Kayla, are we okay on hands again? Yep, we are. Okay. So I have already prepared a wire rack to be set up in my kitchen. And so when the cookies will come out, what I will do is I will put them on a trivet to let them cool for just a few minutes. And then I will transfer them onto the wire rack. Once they're on the wire rack, they really need to cool completely before you start sandwiching them with the cream cheese frosting. The reason for that is, is that these are a cake cookie. So they're going to be a little gooey. They're going to be a little moist. So you really want them cooled before you spread that cream cheese on them um, to prevent breakage, okay? Now, I did earlier make an entire batch of cookies, and they are cool, and they are sitting on the wire rack, but I wanted to wait till this batch comes out of the oven before we start um, doing the assembly process. So we'll just check, do a time check with Alexa. Alexa, what, how much time is left on the timer? 
Alexa, how much time is left on timer? We have 10 seconds left on nine minute timer. Oh, she's good. Okay. Now, this is one thing that I will always take advice on is removing hot items out of the oven. Because Alexa stopped, because I had eyesight for a long time, I have a tendency to want to use pot holders. And I know everybody tells me I need to start using oven mitts. Now, this is going to be a hard transition for me to, to go to the oven mitts. But even with my very low vision, I will open the oven, let the steam release for a minute or just for a few seconds. And I have used this oven for seven years. And so I know exactly where my racks are. I know exactly how my pans are positioned. But when I actually go to a new facility or to a new, to a new home, I will have to readjust all that. So it'll be interesting to see if I switch to oven gloves. <laughs> so the cookies are out of the oven and they are on the cooling trivet. And what I do is I'll just slightly touch them and they'll feel just soft, but they'll have a little bit like of a crunch on top of them, if you know what I mean. It's like they're kind of like almost like a crackle cookie. And so I'm going to let those sit there and cool down for just a minute because if I take the spatula now and scoop them, they're just going to become one big bunchy mess and nobody wants a bunchy cookie. So we're going to go ahead and go to the ones that are already cooled. And we are going to grab the cream cheese frosting. And just so you know, we do have two hands now. But this would be a perfect time for them. Let's take them. Okay. Um, I believe it's Jill561. Hi, Jill. I hope I'm right. <laughs> Hello. Um, Yay, I Um. Yep, it's me, it's Jill. Um, I missed um, what you um, preheated the oven for. I know you said it baked at nine, um, nine minutes, but what temperature? Oh, at 350 degrees. 350. Okay. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. And thanks for coming. And next we have Tori. Hi, Tori. Hello. Um, I wanted to um, actually talk to you about your thing with the um, oven mitts versus potholders. Sure. Um, I actually learned to use potholders when I could still see, and I lost my sight, and I still use potholders, and I've transitioned to several ovens in the meantime. Um, basically, you've got to be more careful because you've got to be mindful of not burning your forearms, but it is doable. We've got oven mitts, and my husband uses them more than I do. <laughs> I yeah, I it's going to be a, quite a transition, and you know because I I feel like with um, pot holders, I just have more control. But yeah, they that's say why the more, and they say if I use the oven mitts more, I will feel that control again. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just, know my I find that I didn't find that. I that's why I I started using them because I was told to, and I was like, this isn't working, and I tossed them aside, and I've been using pot holders ever since. I've been completely blind now for about thirteen or fourteen years. 
Wow. So, you know, that just, you know, it goes to show a lot of it, you know, people will help you and give you advice. And it's always great to receive advice. But if it works for you, then do what works for you. And, you know, but I'm also a very um, open-minded person. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. When I get to my new place, I'm going to try the oven mitts. And we'll see how that goes. And if I get a little frustrated, I might go back to the potholders. So thank you, Corey, and, or Tori, I'm sorry. And, you know, thank you for sharing that with me. Carrie, I will say um, I, I use three different things sometimes. Um, depends on what's clean. So what Jason and I primarily use is a pair of OV gloves. It's O-V-E gloves. Um, okay. I'm sure you can get them on Amazon. I got mine from uh, walmart.com. They are a little pricey. When I bought them, it was $15 for one glove, but it's very thick cotton and it has like the grips on it. You can also get silicone mitts or silicone gloves for cooking. Yes. Um, I know Blind My Smart sells them. Uh, you can contact Dale Campbell over there. Or you may can find them on Amazon. I haven't even thought to look there. Um, but, you know, they are a little pricey. But I know he says that the um, silicone mitts and gloves, they come up nearly to your elbow. So um, just a thought there. But I, I have used oven mitts. I've used um, pot holders. And, you know, but primarily I use the oven gloves because I have... I have a little more control. Like you said, I like that control. Whereas with an, a mitt, you don't have as much control, in my opinion. Right. It, that's my experience. I'll put it that and, way. That's my experience. And that's that's exactly it. And I want to hear other people's experiences because, you know, um, I want to have my kitchen. I mean, I want to have a well-developed kitchen. I want to have a well-stocked kitchen. But I also want to be able to you know, take some people's advice and learn and see if their way is better because, you know, I'm an old lady who just has old habits, you know, <laughs> and it's really hard to break habits. Carrie, we are at um, 31 after the hour and Cheryl has her hand raised. All right, Cheryl, we'll go ahead and take your call. How are you doing? Good. Um, I'm doing good. I want to comment on the on the um, oven gloves. I love mine. I got mine for Christmas about oh I don't know maybe about three years ago, and I do and and they work really well for me. Um, I have used mitts and pot holders and you know but they always wore out. But these are great. These lasted a long time, and um, my significant other got them from. Um, blindmice.com or Megamall. Awesome. Now, are are they are they like a cloth with a heavy uh, insulated thickness? They they're like a cloth on the back, but a, like a silicone on the you know where the hand part you know on the underneath where you grab. Okay. Right. And, um, yeah, and actually, I'm gonna probably have to get a new pair because you know. There's some of them got, you know, the thumbs got holes in them, but they've lasted me for a long, long time. Now, how did how did you keep them clean? Well, actually, I really don't. Just kind of wipe them off a little bit. You know, okay. I don't put them under water or anything like that. You know, if they're really that dirty, I wipe them off. 
you know, just with a damp leg. Well, great. I mean, thanks. I mean, but yeah, they they go up to 500 degrees and they're really, really great. They said, you know, I, I like them. They're the best thing I've ever had. Well, I may have to reach out to you outside the call and, you know, and talk you talk to you more about that because, you know, like I said, it's a big step to switch and, you know, we'll see how oh, it goes. <laughs> but I've used all, I've used pot holders, I've used, you know, mitts and, you know, but as I said, the, the things I like the best are those gloves. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Oh, no problem. You have a great day. Great night. You too. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Next, we have eight, area code 808. Hello. You can unmute. You're Hello, unmuted. Carrie. How you doing? Good evening to you. It's afternoon where I'm at. But uh, I miss what kind of oil that you use. I use base on this one. I use vegetable oil, but you can use um, okay. you can either use vegetable oil or canola oil. I would not use olive oil or avocado oil, you know, anything like that, because it just really changes the flavor of the cookies. Okay, yeah, this is Kimmy in Hawaii. Um, I've always used oven mitts. I mean, I've always used uh, pot holders. And I tried the mitts, I tried the gloves, and I just ended up using them like a pot holder. I never put my hand inside, so I can't break away from the pot holders. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, Kenny. So we'll have a pot holders club, I think, is what we're going to have here eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, All right. Well, thank you. You take care. Well, thank you, Kenny. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Your hands are clear at this time. Okay. So what we did is um, the cookies that are on the cookie sheet that I took out, I'm just going to leave them there for now because I'm going to focus on the wire rack. Right now I have, I have 24 cookies sitting in front of me. So when I go to sandwich these, I'm only going to get 12 cookies. Okay. So most I should say most of the time, these cookies should be pretty much the same size. So what you're going to do is you're going to pick your cookie up, turn it over, and then with an off, I have a mini offset spatula, or you can use a knife, and you're just going to take a little dollop of cream cheese frosting out of the can. Now, the can has a plastic lid on it. You'll take that plastic lid off. Plastic lid goes into the recycling pile, by the way. And then you'll find there's a foil top. And when you, when you run your finger around the edge, you'll feel like a tab. Once you find that tab, kind of pull that tab towards you. And then you will peel it back and you throw the foil away. And then you'll obviously have your cream cheese. So I have peeled it back. I've done that. And I just gently scrape out, a, you know, I'd say... I'm going to say the word healthy dollop. And I know that's not a scientific baking term, but that's what we're going to do. And we're going to smear that on the cookie. We're going to take another cookie and we're going to press it on and just give it a slight little squeeze. Don't, don't like, you know, hug it. Just give it a little, little hug, you know, just a little gentle one. And then you have your cookie. Now from here, you can, you can actually do the cookies from this point. 
just as they are, or you can roll them in the colored sugar. You could do a mini chocolate chips as I'm going to do, or you can even do your chopped nuts. And I say chopped nuts because if you're a Southern person, you're going to say red velvet cake is not red velvet cake unless you have nuts on it. So we're going to satisfy exactly. everybody. <laughs> and it can't be just any nut. It has to be pecans. And that's pecans, not pecans. Okay, people? Exactly. Yes. We are also going to have a language on food words from the South versus the North someday. So, you know, you're going to just take that bowl and, you know, I've already prepared them out. So I've taken the cookie that I just did and I just gently roll it. Now, I don't want like the whole cookie covered in chocolate chips. I just want, you know, like three or four, you know, with every bite kind of thing. And it just kind of gives it just that little extra love. Once you've done that, you take that cookie and you put it to the side. And what I do is I have my, my wire rack set up on two different sides. I have the done side, and then I have the cookies that I need to frost side. And again, I'm very um, systematic. I will do three cookies across, and then I will do four cookies down. And for me, I have to have that rows and columns to keep track of where I'm at. So I'm going to continue to frost these cookies and roll them in the different toppings that we have out here. And I will just um, take any raised hands, um, if there are any, Kayla. No hands at this time. Okay. So as I'm, as I'm doing through these, um, frosting the rest of these cookies, which this won't take much time at all, you actually want to think about storage. So if in this case, these cookies tonight um, will be going to the next door neighbor's house. They're having a Super Bowl party, which they've invited me. So I will take these cookies to them and that'll be my little host, you know, hostess gift to her, which, you know, the kids will love it. And, you know, frankly, their kids will have a bunch of sugar and I'll send them home, which I'm sure every parent loves when I say when I do that to their kids. And but if I was going to keep these cookies like for two or three days and, you know, disperse them out to the mailman and the UPS man, the FedEx man, oh, my favorite guy, the Amazon man, when he shows up, you know, I would actually refrigerate them because it is a cream cheese based frosting. And you want to make sure that you keep that in a cooler temperature. Once you open that can of frosting, you want to make sure that that cream cheese frosting does stay in a refrigerated state. Okay. So with that, I will usually put them in, once they're cooled, I will put them in a container, usually a, a larger like nine by 13 plastic container with a lid and I'll lay them flat. And then I will put a layer of wax paper and do a second layer. And then I will put the lid on and put it in the refrigerator. So they're easy storage and, you know, and frankly, if you have any husbands at home, they never look to find cookies in their refrigerator. They always look in the cookie jar or on the countertop. So that is your secret that you know that those cookies are in there and you can disperse them at your, at your discretion, which is kind of a fun thing to do once in a while to a husband. So I am finished frosting my cookies and I'm getting ready to transfer the last batch of cookies 
over to the wire rack. And um, I am just looking for any questions or comments for anybody or how, how they would, you know, change up this recipe. While Kayla's looking at hands, um, another way you could decorate the top of the cookie um, is if you have a heart stencil or you can make your own heart stencil and lay that over your cookie and sprinkle some powdered sugar over your stencil and put a little white heart on top of your cookie as well. I love um, that idea. And I have one question. To be resourceful, the parchment paper that you used to cook the cookies on, could you kind of fold that and use that as the layer between your cookies instead of the wax paper? You you sure can. I mean, you know, why waste, you know, to be honest. And um, that's a great, you know, that actually happens a lot in this household. And it's no big deal, you know, if you're, you know, it's it's just the easy way of just preventing the cookies from sticking. So definitely use that parchment paper. All right. Peggy has her hand up. Hi, Peggy. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Wonderful. How I love this idea. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so when you roll them um, or, or want to put chocolate chips or nuts or whatever, you're really just rolling the edge, right? Where you, where the, where the frosting is showing a little bit or something. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, if you if you're a chocoholic, which I, I know there's some out there, you know, before you put that lid, that second cookie on top, you might could sprinkle some, you know, chocolate chips on top and then put the lid on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would definitely be a little overkill there too. <laughs> well, but, you know what? Uh, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow was Valentine's Day. And for anybody who does not know, in the Carrie Winans household, there are no calories. There's no fat oh, yeah. on Valentine's Day. That, and that can law never has, be too much chocolate, right? Exactly. <laughs> that law was passed many, many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Peggy. Okay. Kayla, how are we doing on time? We are at 44 after the hour, and we don't currently have any hands, but I do have a suggestion if you would like me to share. You know what, Kayla? Absolutely. I would love to hear from you. Okay, so I've made these cookies before with a strawberry um, cake mix, and then I've used uh, dark chocolate and made a dark chocolate ganache for the filling. Where were you like two weeks ago? <laughs> Look at her getting all fancy and being a show-off. So um, <laughs> I prefer doing the ganache because then I can dip the side of the cookie into the ganache. Um, and I'll do both sides and then push them together rather than having to use the frosting and spreading. So it's a cheat. <laughs> Girl, I mean, you, I mean, we might have to expand this to the Courtney, Carrie, and Kayla kitchen here pretty soon. <laughs> That is awesome. But see, again, the flexibility, you, you know, you, you look at a recipe, you make it, and then you say, oh, I can own this by making chocolate ganache. And, mm. you know, and that's the best thing about cooking. When we would do cooking for our church, uh, we would do the Wednesday night meals. And 
We started doing cookies for everybody because the men would come in and want the cookies that we made for the kids. So, you know, there's many options. So you can take a yellow cake mix, mix it up, add chocolate chips, boom, instant chocolate chip cookies. Take chocolate cake mix, put peanut butter chips or even the mint chips and you got mint chocolate chip cookies. Um, you know, do orange or the strawberry or the red velvet and use the white chocolate morsels. Um, there's just a ton, a ton, a ton of ideas out there. Um, you know, there's butter pecan, there's all kinds of cake mixes. Um, I like the funfetti uh, idea. Those would be great for, you know, a quick birthday party or, um, you know, Easter. Just, you know, <laughs> let your imagination run wild. And, you know, Courtney, as you were speaking of that, I was just thinking, you know, when we were growing up, you know, back in our younger days, every parent, mother made a cake. And then it just seemed like in the last couple of generations, you know, the last generation, you know, kids' birthday parties were more about cupcakes, you know, and you had the paper, you you know, and it was individual, but it was still a paper and it was still a mess. Most mothers ended up with the paper in their hands, you know, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking these cookies would be great for a birthday party because this is something you can give a child or a kid and they can walk with it, eat it, and you don't end up with that paper mess at the end. And, you know, it's still a cake. So. And you can make the cookies. Okay. You can make the cookies any size if you want the giant monster cookies. You know, not that I want to give that to a well, I'd give it to Kayla's kids, but anyway. <laughs> Who do we have? I was going to say. Tori, you can, you can unmute. I was just going to say, um, basically, because of the fact that um, you could use basically any cake mix you wanted, you could potentially make your own cake mix to whatever specifications you have for your cake mix and do it that way. So a long way around, a bit more work, but it would be potentially an option if you can't find a flavor you'd like to do them in. Exactly. I mean, own it. Just, you know, if you have a, a carrot cake recipe out there that you love, let's try it. Why not? You know, come on. And again, if you try it and you decide you really like it, share it with Courtney and I, and then we can share it with everybody else. Because, you know, um, that's what this call is all about, is about sharing. And, you know, we, we're going to give you the basics and give you great ideas to start something off with. But then from there, you can develop it and really take off with it. So, but yeah, Courtney, I just said that carrot cake, man. I forgot all about carrot cake. Carrot cake and cheap cream cheese frosting. There we mm. go. Mm. Yes. Deb is back with a question. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to know where you're shopping because I have never seen anything like orange cake mix or strawberry cake mix. Well, um, here in Texas, I'm in Fort Worth, and um, we have a plethora of grocery stores. We have HEB, and we have Albertsons and Kroger's, and they all carry the different flavors of cake mixes. And um, if I don't know how you shop, but if you shop by the internet, you um, you may have to do a drop down menu on your like your. Um, when you're choosing your different cake mixes, 
Or if you're using a personal shopper at the grocery store, you know, they will, you know, you can ask them, do you see anything like with lemon or orange or the carrot cake or something? And that's what they're there for, you know, to help you, you know, expand that horizon. Because what I have found when I do my shopping now with a personal shopper, like, especially with these cake mixes, somebody said, oh, there's French vanilla now. There is, you know, all these different flavors. And we sat there for about 20 minutes and we went through all the flavors and it was great. So, you know, how, how do you, how do you normally shop for your, your cake mixes? Uh, I usually shop with a personal shopper. I guess we just have to find a different grocery store to try. Well, there you go. I mean, there, there's all kinds of flavors and I will say, I also do some Amazon shopping and they also have different flavors too. So, you know, don't limit yourself just to that grocery stores, you know, think online too. Okay. And another tip, of course, the reason I know so much, I used to work in a grocery store. That's where I started my working career. Um, so, you know, I got to stock the cake mix aisle pretty frequently. Um, but check at places like Amazon, even though you might not shop there for your groceries, check either there or walmart.com and just kind of see what's out there and get an idea. And then you can say, well, do they have lemon or do they have French vanilla? Um, and that way you kind of have an idea of what's out there available to purchase. Um, and sometimes if your grocery store doesn't stock it, talk to the manager or assistant manager on duty and just say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, pumpkin pie spice cake mix. Can you get it from your distributor um i worked for a piggly weekly and we didn't carry a lot of the cake you know a lot of the things but if a customer requested it and we could get it from our wholesale distributor our distributor then you know we would order it and you know we'd start stocking it and sometimes it would sell and sometimes that'd be the only person that bought it <laughs> and something to be also be mindful you know because you know grocery stores are limited to their shelving space so mm -hmm. like a pump, like pumpkin, they'll, I mean, they'll be more than happy to order it. But remember, they may order only in August, September, and October, November for that, for that season. So, you know, that's just one of those things, you know, because I, I mean, I love a good pumpkin, pumpkin pie spice cake, you know, believe me. Mm. But I also know I'm only going to get it during that season. So just be mindful of that when you're shopping. And also, if it's a flavor you like, say, if you're going to make pumpkin pie, spice cookies, cream-filled cookies, um, consider, if you're going to be making a bunch, consider ordering a case. And unless things have changed, you usually get to think about 12 or 18 boxes of cake mix in a case. And sometimes, depending on the store, they will sell the case to you at cost plus a certain percentage. I know we used to sell the cases, you know, cost plus 10%. And it was cheaper to buy it by the case sometimes, especially if you were buying a lot. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind if you're going to be making a lot for, say, a holiday. Um, you know, this recipe calls for two boxes of cake mix. So, you know, you've got, what, six dozen cookies there, sandwich cookies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think about it, well, that's not a lot of cookies, you know, from from a case of cake mix. Right. 
And you guys do have another hand. It's Cheryl. And you guys have about seven minutes left of the hour. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Hi, Cheryl. Well, hey, again. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people now, they don't bake cakes anymore. They get them from the grocery store, you know, like for parties and stuff like that. We have um, a grocery store down here called Publix, and they have the best cakes. And a lot of people don't bake anymore, and that's kind of sad. And even like when the kids go to school anymore, I, I can remember when my daughter was about seven, and we would bake cupcakes. Now you can't, you're not allowed to bake the cupcakes or whatever it is. You have to buy it from the store. It has to be packaged or you're not allowed to bring it in. Yeah. You are correct on that, Cheryl. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lost art. I, I feel like it's going to be a lost art. But, you know, people like us, you know, we're out there and we're going to still continue to do it. And um, hopefully, you know, one of our younger generation nieces or nephews are going to say, hey, that's a oh, pretty cool way of doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's better, you know, um, um, baked and, and, you know, it shows creativity. I mean, my goodness, I mean, we're all going to Kayla's house and having chocolate ganache cookies here in the next two weeks. I mean, let's oh, go. I, and sitting there, those cookies sound like awesome. I, <laughs> they really do. <laughs> well, and, you know, like Courtney was saying about the, the buying the, by the case, you know, cake mixes go on sale a lot. And so yeah. this is an easy, easy stocking pantry item because it, they stay for quite a while. So, you know, you can just kind of line up your back shelf with them, you know, or whatever you need, you know, however you organize it. And, you know, just kind of keep a little stock of it. But I know down here, cake mixes will go on sale for 99 cents a box. Oh, and, yeah. when they, and when they do that, I am, I'm all over that. Mm -hmm. All right. Carrie, did you have any final things you wanted to add before we close out the call? Well, no. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I want to say thank you to Kayla and to you. And Courtney, I think, what are, you, what are we looking at doing next week? I haven't really decided yet. I'm kind of leaning toward a sweet and sour chicken or pork. I have to see what I've got in my freezer. Um, so it's probably going to be some kind of Chinese type food next week. And depending on time, I even show how to make egg roll. 